outside And I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie Cause our minds not enlightened They mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action But look Alright, welcome back to the Swamp Podcast. Here at the Swamp Podcast, we fulfill your pop culture needs every week, including artist interviews, sports talk, streaming talk, album song reviews, and video games. And today, we'll be talking about NFL Fantasy coming out for the 2023-24 season, kind of giving our thoughts for uh, players at every position, the stars, the sleepers, and maybe some players that you guys should avoid um, for the upcoming year. Uh, but before we get into that, um, we obviously talked about this at the end of the year of last year's fantasy, but Issue was able to uh, make the playoffs for the first time, bumping me out of the playoffs. I think it was definitely the first time I've never made the playoffs in fantasy, so I'll be out for revenge this year. But Issue, yeah, what are your thoughts heading into the fantasy season? Are you excited? And uh, yeah, what are, your, what are your expectations for it? Definitely excited to get into this NFL season. I'm ready to, this year I want to do something different. I want to actually make some more trades midway through the season. Like I usually lock in on my team like from start to finish, but definitely this year I'm looking to make some interesting moves if need be. And I want to draft the best possible team and, and compete. Yeah, certainly excited for this year. This is the first year that we're doing a keeper league. Not necessarily Dynasty, but we have two keepers from the year before. So it's going to be an exciting year seeing which teams pick which players and then as you if you haven't done a keeper league before basically whoever you keep um, whatever draft position you drafted them last year that essentially waves your draft pick so yeah if you keep someone from the first round you don't have a first round pick so it's gonna be certainly interesting coming into the year and even at the end of the year for trade deadline um, in fantasy there was a bunch of teams trading like their first round picks and other picks so you know, some of the teams that were at the bottom of the league are, you know, stacked with uh, draft picks. So it's going to be very interesting. But we're going to start with the stars of fantasy top five at each position, plus one other player that could be a fringe uh, player that could slide into that top five or will be neck and neck with uh, the fifth guy on this list. So uh, we're starting QBs. So we got Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow and uh, the fringe player I got here is Justin Fields. So yeah, I think the top five is is definitely set in stone. Obviously, barring injuries from any of these players, as you know they've consistently been at the top. You know the last few years. Um, obviously, Lamar's MVP year he kind of run away ran away. You know with that number one QB spot. But I do think you know all these quarterbacks. Other than I guess Joe Burrow. Um, you know he's not necessarily a running quarterback, but he does get you know odd running touchdown. And then obviously Justin Fields, you know, the first few games he wasn't there, but then once he started picking up with, you know, the 100-yard rushing games, I think he even hit 200 one game, you know, he became essentially elite quarterback uh, selection, even with some of the mistakes and fumbles and, you know, interceptions that he would make. But Ishii, what are your thoughts on this top five list and having Justin Fields? And I should point out, but I, I would put Daniel Jones right below Justin Fields. And even I, I could see him being ahead of Joe Burrow if he, you know, improves from last year. Uh, but what was your thoughts on those five players, uh, Justin Fields as the fringe and then also Daniel Jones? Yeah, that top five list is solid. These are arguably the quarterbacks that are competing over the last few years. And definitely Justin Fields, um, depending on the year he has, will determine whether or not he can really creep up in that spot. And I can see why uh, you may want to put Daniel Jones from the Giants up there because if he has an amazing leap, he could be up there as well. So this list is definitely solid. I think, yeah, these are definitely the, the quarterbacks people are going to be gunning for first. These are the quarterbacks that are expected to leave the board first. And I feel like if you get any one of these quarterbacks in fantasy, your fantasy team, you're solid. I think any, any one of these quarterbacks would be a, a, a good choice. So if you, you get one of these top five picks, this this perfect list uh and you could really just like build your whole team around that yeah 
All right, and moving on to running backs issue, why don't you break down uh, the top five that we got here and then also the fringe starter? Yeah, for the top five, we got at number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, uh, Austin Eckler. Number three, B. John Robinson. Number four, we got Jonathan Taylor. And at the number five spot, we got Saquon Barkley. Additional spot being Derrick Henry. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the league. He's on a stacked team. He's going to have an amazing year. Austin Eckler consistently been uh, great for the Chargers. I, I remember Stikes had him on his fantasy team. I don't know if it was this year or if it was the year before, but you had Austin Eckler um, on your team, and like I was seeing the games. He was like constantly putting up numbers for your team. So he's a great running back to have on a team. Uh, B. John Robinson uh, just uh, on the Falcons, just drafted this year. I'm excited to see what he does with that Atlanta Falcons team as, as well. And uh, he, we just did the NFL season preview. So... Uh, Bijan Robinson is arguably might be could potentially be the offensive rookie of the year, so he's gonna be exciting, and a lot of people are gonna be trying to uh, get him on their team for fantasy. Uh, next up, we got yeah Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I don't know if the Colts will win anything though, but Jonathan Taylor he puts up points. I don't know who had him in fantasy last year. It was a certain point in time where Jonathan Taylor was the number one uh, running back in fantasy, and I think I don't know what draft it was. He went. I think he went as the number one running back in, in one of the drafts that we did. Saquon from the Giants, I had him last year. Did some amazing things for my fantasy team. He put up a lot of uh, points. Great turnaround year for him. I'm hoping Saquon could definitely repeat what he did last year. And next we got Derrick Henry. I remember Derrick Henry always among the top running backs that go in the draft. Like He's always like off the board. Like, he's always among the top. So I'm excited to see what he does as well. But I'll pass it over to Stikes just to give me your thoughts on, you know, the top five list for the running backs and, and, and Derrick Henry, uh, considering his age, you know, he's 29 and coming up the injury. And we don't, we don't know what it's going to be like for the Titans. We know they have a bit of a quarterback situation. So just give me your thoughts on the top five running backs and Derrick Henry. And also, you know, give us a little, shed a little light on uh, the Titans roster and, and what you think that could mean for Derrick Henry and, and, and fantasy this year. Yeah, so yeah, definitely the top three, McCaffrey, Eckler, Robinson. I think Bijan could even be the number one fantasy option for running back. You know, obviously barring quarterback issues with, with Desmond Ritter. Jonathan Taylor, you know, there's obviously the news that he wants to be traded. The Colts are saying they're not going to trade him. And then there was a report he had like a back injury. I mean, he said that was cap um, in a tweet. And yeah, he went number one last year in our draft. Uh, my brother took him. He obviously had a down year, you know, just based off, you know, injuries. Um, I do think Anthony Richardson coming in, you know, he's a dual threat quarterback. Certainly can take away some of the points from Taylor. But if, if Richardson struggles at the beginning, I mean, they're going to give Taylor the ball quite a bit. I mean, hopefully he shows up for the team. I mean, I don't know who they would trade him to. I mean, that's, that's a big question. Yeah, obviously Barkley we have here. Yeah, consistent. He's a top five talent, you know, running back. Some would even say, you know, he's one of the best. And, you know, he showed that last year for that Giants team. Yeah, I would like to have him higher, but just in terms of the guys ahead of him, the usage, you know, for these uh, running backs is a bit higher than Saquon. And then, yeah, for Derrick Henry. So, yeah, this might be, I mean, this might be the decline year for him. But I think just based off when he's healthy, you know, he still is, you know, one of the best in the league. So we had to put him here. But, you know, even with them bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, I think the passing game is, is going to be quite an issue for the Titans. And having to rely on Henry so much again, with all the mileage that he has had in career, I think it's going to be hard for him to keep up that pace. And yeah, we'll, we'll get to, yeah, sleepers, busts, don't pick or whatever. But I think if you're in a dynasty draft and a keeper league, I think, you know, you might want to avoid Henry because it's looking like he's got a few years left. And who knows, this might even be the year to step back from being an elite running back category. So, but with that being said, he certainly still has the talent. Um, I think their offensive line is still, you know, pretty decent uh, there in, in Tennessee. But I do think that Tannehill, I think he's going to have his, the most uh, turnovers that he's had since he's been there in Tennessee, which is going to result in Derrick Henry being on the field less. Um, so I think that's going to be a big issue for them. And I think their defense is not as good as it used to be. And so they might be on the field quite a bit longer than the offense will. Um, but moving on to my receiver. So for our top five, we got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, 
Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and then the fringe player we got there is C.D. Lamb. So yeah, Jefferson and Chase are essentially top five fantasy picks, it looks like, uh, for this year, whether it be keeper, fan, or keeper dynasty, and just standard drafts. You know, they're going to be going at the top of the list. Yeah, Jefferson has had one of the best starts to any career for any wide receiver, as has Jamar Chase. We'll see what happens, you know, third year. But yeah, I think it's pretty hard for anyone to be ahead of them at this point. Obviously, Tyree Kill, you know, I've spoken of how he might lead the league in receiving yards on the season preview episode. But in terms of touchdowns, obviously, they have Jalen Waddle on that team, too. So that's going to take away some of the touchdowns that could be thrown to Tyree Kill, although he'll get the yards. You know, this is kind of a fantasy is kind of a touchdown, you know, league. But uh, after that, I got Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams, years past, and certainly with the Packers, you know, he was known as one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, We'll see what happens with him and Jimmy G. I do think they'll have some chemistry. And that's why I have him in the in the top five. But yeah, I I just don't see him getting ahead of those uh, three players I just mentioned. And then Stefan Diggs, Obviously, he held out for a part of training camp. He's back with the team. Um, Josh Allen has said that, you know, this is an unnecessary distraction that the media is blowing out of proportion. And yeah, he's, you know, consistently one of, been one of the most clutch uh, wide receivers in the league. I do think he can improve on from numbers from last year. And then for the fringe spot, I got CeeDee Lamb. Um, we spoke of on the season preview, then bringing in Brandon Cooks. It's going to allow him to be in the slot essentially full time. And I do think he's going to take advantage of, uh, you know, of the league or of the NFC, I should say. And then issue, what are your thoughts on these wide receivers that we've selected for the top five and then fringe uh, player? Yeah, the top two for the season preview I had arguably being the offensive player of the year is just based off of their, you know, usage rate and and, and yards and, and touchdowns for their team. Tyreek Hill's up is up there as well. I think, yeah, these are the top wide receivers when it comes to fantasy that I think will be, I think usage rate is what we take into consideration here. And CD Lamb, I think, yeah, CD Lamb, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't even know you put CD Lamb on this list. That's actually interesting as well. Okay, and then why don't you break down the tight ends that we have uh, for potential stars this year? Okay, we got Travis Kels, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Greg Kittle, Kyle Pitts, and for like the bonus spot, we got Dallas Golders. Yeah, these are the tight ends. These are the tight ends that usually go on top of the round. Travis Kels, he's going to be back on the Chiefs. Stack team, they're going to um expect it to go deep in the playoffs and win the Super Bowl again, essentially. Yeah, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Greg Kittle. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be um, one of those players that has the opportunity to have a leap year as well. I remember having him on uh, Fantasy a year before, and I think it was his rookie year. And he was actually one of those players for me that was um, getting a lot of touchdowns. So I think his usage rate would be up. And yeah, these are the uh, tight ends that you want to essentially aim for at this list. But I'm going to pass it to Stites on what he thinks of the, the top five tight ends. And yeah. All right, yeah, so obviously top of the list, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's been the clear number one for years. And, I mean, last year there was quite a big gap between one and two as, yeah, Andrews dealt with some injuries and even Kittle too because, I mean, we have Kittle at four on this list. Arguably Kittle is like, I mean, I wouldn't say more talented than Travis Kelsey, but certainly has like the same level of talent. And, you know, when he's healthy... You know, he's been one of the best tight ends, uh, certainly, and he's a key uh, piece of that 49ers offense. TJ Hawkinson, I have him over him. You know, he's with the Vikings, obviously got traded from the Lions. You know, they lost Adam Thielen, so he's essentially the second option, I think, uh, for the Vikings, other than Justin Jefferson. And, I mean, Justin Jefferson, I mean, he gets double-teamed, triple-teamed, and he still like, catches the ball, but that's going to open the door for TJ Hawkinson to... Yeah, not only in the passing game, but in the in the red zone for touchdowns, um, per se. I think he can definitely be a big fantasy option. I think Mark Andrews is going to have a bounce back year, although there's questions about you know the talent that they have on that offense. Um, is this going to take away from some of his, you know reception total? Um, I certainly think that that could be the case. As yeah, I could even you know Hawkinson, Kittle, Pitts, and Goddard, um, Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles all could finish, you know, higher than Mark Andrews, you know, potentially. But yeah, as for Kyle Pitts, I think, yeah, this is the year for him to break out. Just with all the weapons that they have, there's going to be a lot of eyes on London, a lot of eyes on Bijan Robinson, of course. So it's going to open the door up for him. As, 
yeah, I mean, in the years past, the last two years, he's definitely been like overhyped in fantasy and like taken higher than he should have. But the talent is there. Top 10 pick, you know, big body, one of the biggest tight ends. And in and, and, and terms of speed as well for his size, definitely up there. And then, yeah, as for Dallas Goddard, you know, when he was healthy, he was certainly in the top seven range uh, for tight ends. But then near the end of the year, he kind of, I think, yeah, he missed the last few weeks of the year, came back for the playoffs, looked very well. But I do think that uh, Hertz is going to have to rely on him more than he had in even even last year, per se. So yeah, I would definitely have him up there. But yeah, later on, we'll get into um, some of our sleepers, you know, for each division, some players that could do better than some of these players on these top five lists that are definitely ranked lower. But now on to kickers. Uh, so Justin Tucker, top of the list, arguably the best kicker of all time. It's kind of hard not to put him here, especially with the improvements that the Ravens have done to the offense. And, you know, there's going to be more chances for extra points, field goals. Um, but after that, I got Evan McPherson, uh, the Bengals uh, kicker. And yeah, just with the elite offense that the Bengals have, and I think they're going to even be better this year, potentially, barring Joe Burrow's health. But arguably, he's been another one of the most clutch uh, kickers since he's come into the league. Then I got Daniel Carlson. Uh, kicker out of Vegas for much of the year he was a number one spot yeah I think I had I had him last year um, as my kicker yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah what they what, what Jimmy G could do with this team you know because in years past I can't remember the the kicker for 49ers but you know when Jimmy G was you know having those big years um, the 49ers kicker was constantly in the top 10 and I mean he's a elite kicker as is so I think you could even see potential improvement from him then I got Harrison Butker out of the Chiefs, obviously the Chiefs have, I mean, arguably the most explosive offense in the year, years past. You know, they could really put up points, put up 40, 50 on teams. So just with, yeah, the extra points, um, you know, he's going to be up there for that. And then he's not the most consistent field goal kicker compared to the other guys on this list. But, you know, he's always kind of near this list uh, when season uh, comes to the end. And then after that, I got Graham Gano of the Giants. Um, he was a guy that, you know, definitely surprised last year. I mean, the Giants, you know, with the running game that they have, uh, not just from Barkley, but Daniel Jones, too. Uh, something we haven't mentioned, uh, Daniel Jones' running ability. Um, yeah, he's going to be in contention to make kicks. And then after that, I got a young Hulk out of the Falcons. I remember a few years ago, I think he when he was a rookie, I had the last pick. I, hadn't, I didn't have a kicker. And I had it on auto pick for whatever reason. I guess I wasn't paying attention. And then I drafted Young Ho Ko, and I was like, yo, who the hell is this guy? Like, what? Like, I was, like, shocked. And he ended up having a good year, and he's a good kicker. And with the additions that they made on offense, I think this is the most explosive offense is in the league, even though their defense probably won't be that good. Um, he's got the opportunity. I think he could even slip into this top five ahead of Bucker and Gano and even Carlson for sure. But, yeah, Issue, what are your thoughts on these kickers that we have on this list? Yeah, this is not a bad list at all. Um, my uh, kicker for the Giants, Graham Gano, is on this. So, like, definitely um, definitely one of my favorites. I think Jake Elliott could essentially be, like, I wouldn't say top. I wouldn't say top five, but I think he could be in that top six, seven, eight list. Definitely. Young Hal Cole, definitely uh, surprising. I like this list of the kickers, and et cetera. And, you know, we talked about the Seahawks in the season preview. I mean, I could see a world where even maybe Jason Myers even could creep up in that top 10 list. So I definitely think with kickers, you got like when drafting a fantasy, I think it really um, matters on the really the actual teams in the NFL season and how their offense will be used, and et cetera. All right. And then, Ishii, I'll pass it off to you to break down uh, these defensive teams that we have here uh, for the elite Okay, for the defenses, we have the San Francisco 49ers at number one. Uh, number two, we have the Buffalo Bills. Number three, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. At the fourth spot, we have the Cowboys. And at our fifth spot, we have the Patriots. And at that bonus spot, we put the Saints. Yeah, I expect the, I expect the Eagles, Bills, and the 49ers defense to be among the elite defenses in the um, fantasy and NFL as a whole this year. Cowboys, uh, we, we, we talked about Michael Parsons, the sack total increases that projected to happen, just all the defensive weapons they have. I also spoke about Patriots and their defense as well. Uh, young piece Christian Gonzalez, who's a cornerback for them, who I think is going to be um, exciting for them. But they also have young uh, other pieces as well. And yeah, I think the Saints, they, 
I think their defense and their team is good enough to just pull out through their division. So they're perfect for that uh, sixth spot. But yeah, Stikes, you could just tell me what you think about um the top five list as far as defenses. And is there any other defenses that you would like maybe slip above the Saints that depending on how the year goes, like via injuries and et cetera? Yeah, in terms of teams that could go ahead of the Saints and... I mean, I, I put them there just because of years past, how they performed. But I definitely think, yeah, I agree with you on the, you know, the Patriots point. Um, but the, the rookie cornerback that I mentioned, w- Weatherspoon out of uh, Seattle, I do think they've made improvements to their defense that was already very good. I do think that they can make some waves. The one thing with the Seahawks has always been their sack totals. But I do like their defensive line coming into this year. Other teams, yeah, I definitely think... The Bengals, the Bengals could be up there potentially. Even the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers have always had a very good defense and they get sacks, the interception, like they, they're turnovers. I mean, they're one of the best turnover teams other than like the Patriots in like years past. So I think they could definitely slide into there, make some waves. And then I think the Ravens too. You know, obviously John Harbaugh, you know, he comes from, you know, a defensive mindset. And I think, yeah, certainly in years past, you know, when they've, you know, Lamar's been elite. It's been with an elite defense as well. So I think they can definitely slide into there. As for the teams that we have there, I mean, 49ers, Bills, Eagles, and Cowboys, I think those would be the guys. I mean, defense is kind of like always like switched up here and there throughout the year. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I see uh, for the defensive teams. But now we're going to move on to sleepers. Yeah, we're just going to do the player positions. So yeah, QB, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We're not going to go into sleepers for kickers and defensive teams. Yeah, one thing for, you know, tips and whatnot, looking at the opponent's schedule, you know, for picking up defensive teams, especially when your defensive team that you picked that you don't want to drop has a buy, um, you know, picking based on, you know, the opponent's schedule that that team is going against. Because, you know, there's definitely weeks where you can pick up a 20th ranked defense and they're going against, you know, a worse defense per se. And, or worse offense, I should say. And, you know, they'll be able to put up numbers. So um, that's why yeah, we're not really getting to sleepers and whatnot. So starting with uh, quarterbacks, I'm going to start with Sam Howell out of the Commanders. Uh, his average draft ranking is 183, um, which is pretty low. Obviously, I'm not saying pick him as your starter. But in terms of having a backup, I think Sam Howell can definitely make some noise. Um, we mentioned Eric Biemi coming over from the Chiefs. Um, I think that's definitely going to help him. And they got weapons over there. You know, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, they're um, running backs. And then obviously Terry McLaurin, you know, he's been one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league in terms of drops per cat, like drops and catches. Um, you know, he's, and with the quarterbacks that he's had to deal with, you know, like Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, you know, these aren't the most accurate quarterbacks. And from what I've seen from Howell, in that first game, I mean, he looked more accurate than any of those guys. And coming out of college, I mean, before his last year in North Carolina, I remember kind of disappointing last year at the University of North Carolina. But he was looked at, you know, as one of the best QB prospects coming in. And I do think with Eric Biemi, they can really help him. So he's definitely someone to look at as like backup, you know, per se. After that, we got the 49ers quarterbacks. So obviously, the rumors are now that Brock Perry is ready to be the starter. He's healthy enough. Um, you can get him at 182, you know, just ahead of uh, Sam Howell. You know, the the one question mark, obviously, we talked about on the preview is uh, 49ers quarterbacks not being able to stay healthy. So that's the one issue I have with this. In terms of the other quarterbacks, you, you know, Sam Darnold, rumored to be the backup. His average draft ranking is 300. And I'm sure that's gone up by now because Trey Lance is 192, just below Brock Purdy. And... Yeah, it's kind of a sad uh, state for Trey Lance as, yeah, I drafted him a few years ago in like, and the only games that he played, like he didn't, I think it was, yeah, against Seahawks. He had like something like 20 points and, you know, his completion percentage was pretty bad, but the way, you know, the ability to run the ball, you know, he's pretty exceptional, but yeah, we'll see what happens. There could be injuries. So all three of these quarterbacks, you know, could be potential pickup options throughout the year. But yeah, I, I don't recommend having them as like your starter. It's more like a backup per se. And then on to Kenny Pickett. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of rumors that, you know, he's made improvements. You know, I keep seeing video like, oh, of a deep ball. But all the videos I've seen, there, there's literally no one rushing, trying to hit him or whatever per se. Like he's not rushed to throw the ball. But they got a lot of weapons there. 
Um, you know, there's thoughts about George Pickens making a big leap this year. He's made some big catches in preseason. Uh, but his average draft ranking is 147 for Kenny Pickett. And if, you know, if he can live up to it, they obviously have Nigel Harris too. You know, that could be a steal at 147 as, you know, your backup quarterback. Then after that, we got Jordan Love out of the Green Bay Packers. Um, average draft ranking uh, 136. Yeah, I'm not sure having him over Kenny Pickett. Obviously, you know, the Packers offense, you know, they got a definitely gifted offensive head coach. And obviously they have Christian Watson from last year. I'm just not sold on necessarily on Jordan Love uh, going into the year. I do think he could be a potential sleeper at this draft position that he's at. Then after that, we got the, um, this might shock some people, but the Bucks quarterbacks. So we got Baker at 217 average draft ranking and Kyle Trask at 309. This is more like a spot start. So a few games here and there where they're playing a bad defense. This is if you have no one to go to um essentially and maybe you get some injuries you need someone um going into a week depending on their opponent they could be definitely some good options so i have desmond ritter up next and uh you know obviously we've talked about some of the disappointments that have been coming out of that camp just with the offense that they have i don't know about his ability to run the ball but in terms of yeah throwing for touchdowns i do think he's gonna perform better but he could be a turnover machine as it seems to. So I, I may hold off on uh, that as a sleeper. He's at 194. So, you know, he's definitely in the range of a Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield. So, you know, this is definitely not a guy to start your league with. But who knows? He could shock some people and come out the gate firing. We Who knows? And then after that, I got Kyle Murray. A lot of people have had them on their avoid list. Um, but with an average draft ranking of 140 and with the talent of Kyle Murray, um, because he is going to come back at some point this year. I mean, they could go like 0-6 to start the year, and they're like, no, we're not putting him in. But if he is going to play at some point this year, I think you should definitely look at adding him as a backup. Because, you know, I had him last year, and he was quite frustrating, not going to lie. But that being said, if you have him as a backup, I mean, that's a steal as a backup for sure. Um, but Ish, I'm going to pass it off to you. What are your thoughts on these sleepers that we have at uh, QB and uh, who would be the three uh, quarterbacks on your list that you would lean toward as having a potential backup quarterback to one of your elite quarterbacks? Yeah, well, one of my elite quarterbacks, you definitely want to have a, a quarterback that's going to be a great support for like when your quarterback has a bye week or the worst case scenario of injury happens. You want to have that quarterback that's going to be able to slide in for your team and, and produce some numbers for your fantasy team. So my three that I'd really go for is uh, Sam Darnold, maybe. Um, I'm not sold on Baker and uh, definitely Colin Murray. If he comes back and he can get back into the groove of things, I think he'd be a great backup option if you have one of the top five or uh, top seven quarterbacks who are arguably going to go first uh, when it's their time in the draft. Who knows what round? And I maybe I go with Trey Lance just because just off the strength of the 49ers and them having players be able to produce. I think Trey Lance. Uh, I think Trey Lance would be a great backup quarterback for one of the elite. That brings me into the the running backs. At the number one spot, we got Antonio Gibson with an average draft rating of 101. Um, former longtime Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Benimi is now the Commanders offensive coordinator. Uh, next, we got Samaje Perrine with an average draft rating of 105. Next up, we got Damian Harris. Uh, his uh, rating is uh, 115. Plays for the Bills. Uh, he has a 15 touchdown campaign about a year ago. Next up, we got Jerome Ford um, for the Browns. He's a new backup to Nick Chubb. His average draft rating is about 188. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is next up. Next, we got Dalvin Cook with an average draft rating of 46, depending on where he signs. And next up, we got the Eagles running back, uh, Boston Scott, who was undrafted. And he's behind uh, Penny and Swift. And the Eagles like to use all their backs. So depending on injuries or the opponent, that Eagles offense could switch it up. So, um, And he could be one of those players on your team that could produce numbers for you. I'll pass it over to Stikes to give me his thoughts on the running backs. He may want to uh, share his top three. And yeah. Yeah. So starting with Antonio Gibson, you know, he's definitely been a lot of fantasy, you know, owners, um, preferred running back in, you know, Washington. But obviously last year they brought in Brian Robinson. But I think with them bringing, like I said, you know, uh, Eric Biemi, the longtime Chiefs offensive coordinator, I think this could definitely help Gibson stay a a solid uh, fantasy piece as, 
you know, your second or third running back um, for sure. As yeah, Eric Biami, he loves, you know, throwing the ball to his wide receivers. Um, and then for Samaj P. Ryan. So, you know, obviously Javante Williams, the, you know, running back out of Denver, he's still recovering from his ACL and LCL tears. Last year, you know, P. Ryan, he was the backup to Joe Mixon. And in uh, six games where he played 50% of the snaps or more, he finished as um, the RB2, RB9, and RB6. Um, so there's definitely high value uh, from him at the 105th spot. Damien Harris, 115. So it's kind of hard to, to determine whether him or Cook are going to get more of the touches. But, you know, I had Damien Harris a few years ago, and he had 15 touchdowns uh, with the Patriots. So I think, personally, if they do use him enough, he could be potentially an elite uh, running back uh, to pick up on. Jerome Ford, you know, with the Browns, he's the, the new backup to Nick Chubb as uh, Kareem Hunt is gone. And, you know, Kareem Hunt has, you know, been a consistent uh, fantasy option, even being, you know, the, the backup to Nick Chubb. At 188, I think he could potentially be a steal. You know, obviously I don't recommend, you know, starting him until, you know, he performs. But um, certainly with the history of backups in uh, Cleveland, he can definitely improve. And then Elijah Mitchell... Obviously, this is kind of only on the fact that if CMC gets injured, I think it's going to be hard for him to get the touches when CMC is healthy. But if CMC goes down and you get Elijah Mitchell at 123, you have a potential elite back. As consistently, he was in like the top 10 uh, rankings week to week when he was playing. And then, yeah, Dalvin Cook, obviously, you know, depending on where he signs, looks like the Jets. I mean, I think that's hard with they got Brees Hall and him. I do think he'll be the clear number one back ahead of Brees Hall. But um, average draft ranking of 46, and if he goes to the Jets, and if they use him like the Vikings were using him, I mean, that could be an elite pickup. And then in terms of like the Eagles running backs, I mean, there's essentially four running backs, you know, to select a Boston Scott. I mean, in the rankings, he's going undrafted. But there was a few games where, you know, he was leading, you know, their team in points. And Kenneth Gainwell, obviously, has been a, a good factor. So... Depending on injuries and the opponent, that's kind of where I would go. But in terms of like top three uh, for the sleepers, I got to go Damian Harris, um, Antonio Gibson, and then obviously Dalvin Cook. Depending on how they use him in New York, as it does look like they are the favorite to sign him. And if he goes at 46, you know, this is a elite running back in years past and, you know, was a top 10 running back last year. So, I mean, if you're able to get him, uh, 46 or even in the 50s and you know hopefully he I assume before the end of preseason he's going to sign with whichever team he decides so those would be my three um, to pick from but moving on to wide receivers uh, so starting with Nico Collins uh, he has an average draft ranking of 151 and uh, he is on the Houston Texans uh, but last year he put up at least 40 yards uh, receiving in seven out of 10 outings while also playing for one of the league's worst passing attacks. But his competition going into the year, essentially Woods, uh, tight end Dalton Schultz, who came over from the Cowboys, and rookie Tank Dell, who are all competing for the number one target. So I think it's clear that Nico Collins will be the number one. I mean, who knows? Maybe Robert Woods and uh, CJ Stroud's chemistry is good. And I mean, I don't think Dalton Schultz is going to be like fighting for the number one. I mean, he will uh, be in the top three, I think, receptions on that team. But I don't think he could be the number one um, receptions. And yeah, we, we spoke of CJ Stroud on the season previews. Potentially he could win you know, Offensive Rookie of the Year, you know, competing with you know, Bryce Young and B. John Robinson, of course. But I do think Nico Collins at 151, like he could be a steal as, you know, I mean, I predict him. He will have the, num- the most amount of targets and receptions for Houston coming this year. And then next I got Rondell Moore out of the Cardinals. Uh, so his average draft ranking is 148. And, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins leaving, obviously Rondell Moore has been, you know, a sleeper in years past and definitely a fringe starter depending on the games. But I think now that, I mean, you know, it's going to be tough without Kyle Murray, but I think he'll, he'll get a lot of attention from whoever is the quarterback uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, next, I got Sky Moore. So his average draft ranking is 142. And you know, last year he only had 22 receptions or 250 yards last year, but he's been heavily utilized in OTA practices. And Mahomes has even brought up more improvement, saying that he could step into Juju's spot. And, you know, Juju left for 
the Patriots, and he he had 78 catches for 933 yards. So definitely going to be improvement for Sky Moore, and I think 142. I'm not saying he's going to get you know thousand yard year. I don't I don't think so. But at 142 for being essentially the second or third option on that team, I think that's definitely a steal. And then Elijah Moore on the Browns coming over from the Jets. So his average draft ranking is 119. And yeah, there's always been potential with Elijah Moore. Obviously, it didn't click as, yeah, there was definitely beef between them. But I think now, even with Amari Cooper on that team, I think we could see Deshaun Watson really leaning on um, as well. And at 119, I mean, if he could put up a thousand yard year, um, that's a big steal. Uh, then we got Rashad Bateman out of the Ravens. So his average is 118, uh, just ahead of Elijah Moore. And for Bateman, I think, yeah, definitely helps the concern. And, you know, they brought in Odell. But I think definitely um, with the attention of, it, of Odell, you know, defense is having to pay attention to more. I think Rashad could definitely break out this year. Then we got Paris Jackson from Issues Giants. And, uh, yeah, he's coming over from the Colts, I believe. His average draft ranking is 198. And the reason why I put him in there is because week by week, it seems like, you know, the Giants like to favor various uh, wide receivers and Daniel Jones hasn't really found like that guy that, you know, he throws to and it kind of week by week, it it changes who's the number one wide receiver on the Giants in terms of fantasy point. So I think he could be a steal uh, depending week by week. Next, I got uh, Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dawson out of the Commanders. So Samuel is 197. Dawson is at 92 average draft ranking. Yeah, Dawson, definitely, obviously, the preferred pick You know, is much higher. But I think there could be surprises in terms of fantasy points by the end of the year. I think Samuel could certainly be near Dawson. And even Dawson, if it clicks with Sam Howell, you know, he can definitely challenge uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I don't think you know, he's going to get more receptions or targets than McLaurin. But in terms of like being open with all the attention on McLaurin, I think it'll definitely be up there. And then lastly, I got Michael Gallup of the Cowboys, average draft ranking at 184. Obviously, you have Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb on that team. Yeah, in the years that he's been performing, I can't remember a year where he's been drafted. So certainly he could be a good player to pick up at, you know, essentially 184 and, you know, ahead of guys like, I mean, if he's near Paris Campbell, I think that, you know, Michael Gallup could definitely be as a, um, a stash pick, definitely, for your team. Uh, but Issue, what are your thoughts on these sleeper wide receivers? One of the standouts, uh, definitely uh, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup. I remember I was in a different fantasy league and I had Michael Gallup. And this was around the time when he was putting up, like, solid numbers. Uh, one thing I can say about Michael Gallup is, like, one of those solid players um, on your team where... If your wide receivers have a bye week or you come up with injuries, he can have those weeks where he has those like big games that'll help you um in fan in whatever fantasy league you're in. Some sleepers I had before, uh, definitely uh, I had before Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy. Those were some of the players I had as sleepers as well, and they could have they could have made this list as well. But yeah, those are some of the standouts for me. As we move into the tight ends, at the number one spot, we got Evan Ingram, which is signed with the Jaguars. Uh, average draft ranking at 91. Next, we got Tyler Conklin for the Jets. His rating is around uh, 222. Tyler Higby for the Rams at 133. Logan Thomas for the Commanders with uh, 254 as his average draft ranking. Uh, Dalton Kinnade for the Bills, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, his rating is around 135. Jelani Woods for the Colts, uh, 254. Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys. And Noah Fant for the Seahawks, who is rating at 208. Noah Fant is one of those players I had on my fantasy um, team, and he was a backup. And he put and he definitely performs uh, when you need him to at that tight end spot. I don't know if it was this year or last year. Um, I definitely had Noah Fant on one of my fantasy teams, and um, he was one of those players that, you know, every week you check in, he was uh, putting up some numbers for me. And... Stikes, there's a couple times Stikes messaged me, said, yo, no offense, doing good on your fantasy team. And let me know when I wasn't, you know, actively looking at that. But there was a few weeks where Stikes hit me up and let me know that no offense is, is doing good for my team. Tyler Higby is another player who's a standout on this list for me. I had him on a, um, a fantasy team. I think it was the first year I did fantasy. I believe I had Tyler Higby on my team. It was a great option because the top tight ends were Travis Kelsey gone, Mark Andrews gone, all of them. Even I, I believe George Kittle was in that that top three spot around the time he was gone at the time, and that's around the time where he was doing pretty good for the uh, 49ers. So 
I got Tyler Higby in the low rounds and he performed great for my team. But I'm going to pass it to Stikes um, so he could give me his like few standouts from this tight ends list who stand out to him and some players that he may even think could creep up on this list as the uh, season goes along um, in fantasy this year. Yeah, so obviously like the highlight of this list is Evan Ingram. He's certainly going to be the top sleeper no matter what. I think, yeah, 91 is definitely too low. I think he's going to go much higher than that. I think teams are going to jump on him. I mean, especially in, in my league. Yeah, I think I when Goddard went out, I picked up Ingram. And I mean, Ingram just went off near the end of the year. I think he could challenge for five tight end spot, even even top three. I think he's that good. The only question is, is with all the options that the Jags have, is he going to be able to, you know, get enough, you know, the receptions similar to like a Kelsey or Mark Andrews. But I, I think he could definitely, you know, be in that top five spot. Obviously, Tyler Conklin, I think 222 is so low. You know, Roger, he's always had great chemistry with his tight ends. Obviously, Tanyan a few years ago had double digit touchdowns. Yeah, there was even a few weeks where I picked up Conklin. He didn't perform like I wanted to, but he certainly had games with where he performed well. Tyler Higby, I like as well. Obviously, he's had problems with like dropping the ball in years past. And, but I do think that Rams offense is going to be improving this year. And at 133, um, that certainly could be a steal. I, I do think Conklin at 222, I, I mean, I would pick him Higby. And then other than that, yeah, Jake Ferguson and Dalton Kincaid, essentially, yeah, the rookies. Dalton Kincaid, I've been hearing that he's the next Travis Kelsey or the next Mark Andrews, Greg Kittle. Yeah, Josh Allen, like Dawson Knox, like he was, you know, a reliable target. But I think Dalton Kincaid, certainly the you know combine numbers, his stats in college are certainly better than a Dalton Knox. So I think he could definitely challenge potentially Stefan Diggs for that second um, reception list on that team. But, that, you know, that's barring, are the Bills, are they going to trust a, a rookie young tight end like that? Um, Jake Ferguson's uh, same thing. Um, obviously, Dalton Schultz left for the Texans. And, you know, Dak, he, he loves his um, tight ends as like that safety blanket for him um, in years past. And, yeah, I think that at 250, that could definitely be a steal. And then, yeah, Noah Fant, you know, he came over in that Russell Wilson trade. The one issue with him and probably why he's so low is because the Seahawks, te- there tend to be like three tight ends that get numbers, you know, week by week. But Noah Fant, I think he's definitely the most talented out of the group. Yeah, there was a few games where he, you know, just went off. And now we're going to move on to the don't draft list. Don't pick them too early, like bus candidates. Um, so we're going to start with QB. So we got Dak Prescott at average draft ranking of 78, Aaron Rodgers average draft ranking of 102, Russell Wilson at 109, Geno Smith at 104, and Mac Jones at 180. You know, if you have to select a quarterback this late, I mean, obviously Dak, not a bad option, but I mean, in terms of some of the sleepers that we spoke of, you know, I definitely, like I could even see Desmond Ritter outperforming some of these guys. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like he could, he could perform certainly, but the guy doesn't run the ball. Wilson, you know, as someone who could be having a bounce back year per se, he could be in the comeback uh, player of the year rankings. But yeah, I'm just not sold on on him making that jump, uh, Sean Payton. And yeah, Geno Smith, you know, with this draft ranking compared to his numbers last year, like he should be going higher. But yeah, I, I do think he'll take a step back in terms of the fantasy numbers. And then Mac Jones at 180, like, I mean, I wouldn't even select him. Like, there was a bunch of quarterbacks we mentioned at 180, 190 mark that I would definitely take. Like, I would definitely take a Sam Howell over him for sure as I think this could be one of the last years Mac Jones has uh, for the Patriots. But yeah, Issue, what are your thoughts on those five kind of bus candidates? Yeah, out of these top three, like, I definitely wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't take Mac Jones or, hmm, see, honestly... Like, it depends. Like, if you get an elite quarterback as a backup and, and we consider the, the, the sleepers and stuff, Mac Jones is one of those quarterbacks that I wouldn't take. But I could also see myself not taking Russell Wilson, really depending on this year. Last year was a rough year uh, for him. So I'll put him at that spot. And I'll definitely take Geno Smith and Dak Prescott before out of this list before the other three. So I, I'll definitely go with Aaron Rodgers as well. And this is just like, I would draft these players as late as possible when looking for a quarterback. 
Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. And, you know, not that these guys can't have their good fantasy week. You know, one, like, I don't think you should be drafting your starting quarterback this late. Like, you need someone who's a consistent runner and doesn't turn the ball over that much. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over that much, but he does not run. I mean, who knows? The offense could not click. There, there's a potential for that. And, you know, with Dak, there's obviously the injury concern. He's had some turnover um, issues in the past. But if, like, you already have your quarterback and you're looking for a backup, I think this is way too early, especially in the hundreds, to be drafting a backup quarterback. You should wait definitely to the 150, even 170 range, per se, with some of those sleepers that we selected. But, yeah, not having an elite quarterback who can run really does damage to you. And, I mean, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be in the top 12 rankings, which is most, you know, 10-man or 12-man leagues. Like, you want someone in the top 12, definitely. Um, but moving on to running back issue, why don't you break down uh, those picks that we have there? Yes, we have Derrick Henry for the Titans with an average draft rank at a 21. Um, hard to use with the uh, first two picks. Uh, next up, we got Alvin Kamara uh, of the Saints with an average draft rank at a 82. Next up, we got Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks. His ranking is at 35. We got Zach uh, Charbonnet, second round pick. We have Damian Pierce for the Texans with an average draft ranking of 46. And we got Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs with an average draft ranking of 73. Yeah, so just to piggyback on what issue said, obviously Derrick Henry in like years past, like drafting him at 21, you're going to be, that's, that's so late. But I mean, I'm predicting a decline. Because yeah, very well, uh, we could eat our words and Derrick Henry can have a phenomenal year. But I just think in, with your first two picks using it on a Derrick Henry, I just think there's too many question marks with that team. Uh, to select him as they're gonna have to rely on him a lot which could bring on another injury potentially and yeah Alvin Kamara obviously there's the suspension issues and then I mean years past like he's kind of digressed uh definitely um from his elite ranking as a running back I mean 82 if he has when he does play after whatever the suspension is that could be a steal potentially but yeah I'm just not seeing it uh, Kenneth Walker obviously had a big year, but yeah, just average draft ranking of 35 is just way too high. Um, they drafted Zach Carbonet, like as you said, in the second round. And I mean, the Seahawks love to use their running backs and the running backs to get in here and there. So yeah, dra- drafting, I mean, essentially that would be like, yeah, if, if Kenneth Walker is your third pick, it, it's kind of hot. If you already drafted a running back before and, and a wide receiver, yeah, you could pick him. But yeah, I, I would definitely maybe wait and yeah, and especially in a keeper league. I mean, who knows, you know, what happens with this Zach Carbonet guy who's being compared to DeMarco Murray. And then, yeah, Damian Pierce, he obviously had a good year. Yeah, I just don't think he'll be able to replicate that. You know, especially, yeah, C.J. Stroud can roll too, so that'll take some areas from him. And then I, Isaiah Pacheco, like, 73 is obviously, you know, not the highest rate in the world. You know, the Chiefs have been always running back by committee type team. And... I mean, yeah, he had a few good year, a few good games in the past year, but I mean, in terms of consistency, if he's your third or fourth running back dasher pick, certainly is not not a bad idea. Uh, but moving on to wide receivers and then tight ends, so wide receivers, Devontae Adams of the Raiders, average draft ranking of seventeen, uh, Debo Samuel the Forty ers DJ Moore who just got traded at the Panthers to the Bears, and then Christian Watson. Uh, Marquise Brown of the cards he's at 76 and then Juju's at 110 so yeah for this list um yeah Devontae Adams at 17 although he's like an elite talent I just think yeah I mean that's essentially your um your second round pick you know early early in the second round for those who pick at the end of the first who knows him and Jimmy G could click but I think there's too many question marks Jimmy G and even the way you know Adams played with the Raiders last year yeah he, he just has so much attention on him yeah, I mean, obviously he had a lot of attention to the Packers, but he had like arguably the most accurate quarterback of all time. And I mean, in years past, I mean, even in that Super you know, Jimmy G can be inaccurate. And so I think that that definitely would be a problem. If he's like your first wide receiver you're picking, yeah, I, I'm not too sold on that. And then Debo Samuel at 38, I think, yeah, he's definitely sliding from years past. He's essentially only had the one elite year. Uh, but the way Brandon Ayuk played last year, he was my sleeper last year. I drafted him, and they were basically neck and neck the whole year. I think Ayuk finished a bit higher than him just because he was healthy. But yeah, just the way the 49ers move the ball around their offense, yeah, I think it's uh, 38 is a bit too high for Debo Samuel. 
even last year with the Bears, it was like every other game. There was like a new wide receiver getting a touchdown for the Bears team. And I mean, there's gonna be a lot of focus on DJ Moore, number one wide receiver. I don't think on a playoff team per se, but I think he can be uh, number one on this team. But yeah, I just think compared to, I mean, like a Nico Hollins, for example, whose average draft rank is 110. All these guys on this list, I mean, I would take Nico Hollins over Christian Watson. Obviously, we talked about the question marks with Jordan Love and then Marquise Brown. Obviously, the the quarterback, you know, conversation. And, you know, he had a very strong start to last year with with Kyler Murray. I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that. And then Juju with the Pats. Like, I I just don't. I don't believe in that with Mac Jones. Um, You know, especially he had one of the most accurate quarterbacks and best throwers of the ball, Pat Mahomes, and then going to Mac Jones. But issue, what are your thoughts on these wide receivers? Yeah, as far as this list on the wide receivers, like the three I like to point out, definitely, um, I definitely want to point out deep, deep, uh, maybe Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, and Juju. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it depends specifically with the Patriots if Mac Jones can perform. And like similar to what you said, I think, I think, um, Really, this is kind of his last year to kind of give us something because pretty much after this, they're going to start to look uh, to move forward at the quarterback position, definitely. And yeah, uh, Debo Samuel, I feel like he has it's a lot of different pieces on that 49ers team. And like that, that's basically my breakdown of the uh, wide receivers. But moving into the tight ends, we got uh, Pat Friermuth for the Steelers with an average draft rank in the 93. Cole Komet for the Chicago Bears, average draft ranking of 128. Joe Everett for the Chargers with an average uh, draft ranking of 156. And Taysom Hill for the Saints with an average draft ranking of 174. I'm going to pass it to Stikes to uh, give give me his thoughts on this uh, list. And anybody else he may want to slide in if he were to make like a fifth spot, like a bonus spot for for, for everyone. Yeah, so for the Steelers, um, tight end, Fairmouth, obviously... You know, Kenny Pickett is liked him as a target, but I just think that, like, George Pickens is going to have a big leap year, take some of the targets from him. And like I said, from some of those sleepers, there's definitely some tight ends you could take after him that I think are better suited. Uh, Cole Komet, you know, 128 draft ranking. I think he went, like, like a big portion of the year without really getting any, any big games. I think a lot of single-digit fantasy games. And then he had a few touchdown games. And just with the fact that Justin Fields likes to run around a lot, scramble, and Cole Komet, I mean, he's had some drops here and there. I just think at 128 versus the sleepers that we and yeah, Gerald Everett, Chargers, uh, 156. Obviously, some could say this as a sleeper, but yeah, I'm just not sold on, I mean, yeah, maybe if it's your backup tight end, but I think you could even get a better backup tight end than Gerald Everett. And then Taysom Hill, I know he has like a 174 average draft ranking. He's been a popular pick in years past, just with his ability to play quarterback as well. But yeah, I think definitely, I mean, his days of quarterback are done now that they have Derek Carr there. And yeah, certainly with Kamara out, he can make some runs and stuff. But yeah, I I just think they have better options on that team. In terms of guys that I could potentially put on this list too, like, I mean, based on the sleepers that we have, I could see Mark Andrews being, you know, potential bust candidate. After the, you know, Kelsey gets taken, or I think he'll be keeper in our league, but in standard leagues, I think Kelsey will definitely go in the first few rounds. And I think whoever jumps to get Mark Andrews will probably jump too early. As, you know, I think with Hawkinson, Kittle, Pitts, and even someone like Evan Ingram, you know, they could definitely perform better than him. So I can definitely see that as a bust. And then obviously George Kittle. Like if he gets drafted too high, he has the injury concern when he's healthy. He's fairly elite. So yeah, when you're when you're drafting guys like, you know, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, I would definitely have a solid backup that can really put up points for you because using a pick that high on a tight end, like once first tight end's gone and then everyone's jumping like, oh, we gotta get the next tight end. That's where I think some of the mistakes will as I think Mark Andrews is the clear second pick. But I don't think he's the clear second best fantasy option throughout the year. I mean, I think just based on years past, he's gonna go and he might even be kept in our but in terms of like the lead that you guys select in um but this basically wraps up our nfl fantasy breakdown hope you guys enjoyed that we'll definitely be doing some throughout the year on our league and then potential waiver wires uh, trades to improve your team throughout the year yeah definitely pay attention to our social medias twitter mainly we do, we like to you know post our opinions waivers 
just thoughts on players throughout the year. Not necessarily fantasy-based. We like to talk about season as a whole, too. Um, but yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah, our Twitters or Instagram are, you know, you search them up, Stike Savon Issue High, they'll pop up. Or they're also in the description on the episodes for the podcast. Uh, but Issue, any last words uh, from this NFL fantasy breakdown? So I want to say thank you to all fans of the Savant Podcast, and um, thank you for tuning in. And for um, NFL, for listeners who may be looking to get into fantasy, I wanted to ask Stikes um, if he could give us give three tips for anyone who may be looking to join fantasy this year after listening to the episodes, or this may be their first time drafting and don't know what to do. Could you just give them like three three tips that you would say would would be the most useful when looking to start getting into fantasy sports specifically with nfl fantasy considering this is an nfl fantasy episode yeah so obviously recommend watching you know the nfl like you know obviously i know we're all busy but you know when you got the the free time watching the highlight video um really trying to you know develop then your, your own knowledge of nfl players that's kind of how i started fantasy just watching the games in general and you know in terms of like what sites to look for. I mean, most of us use NFL Fantasy as the app, but I do think the opinions uh, from those insiders aren't the greatest, I, I gotta admit. I just remember last year, you know, my, my brother, when he drafted Jonathan Taylor, he would always have the NFL Network on and they would have the Fantasy Breakdown and just so many of their suggestions for players to start were just ended up being duds. And so definitely following, you know, looking up NFL Fantasy, um, seeing who's the most followed on Twitter, checking that out. Um, there's tons of YouTube videos to watch for waiver pickups. You know, I mean, NFL Fantasy is, I mean, essentially a billion dollar business, um, you know, just much like the NFL, multi-billion dollar business. So, you know, there's tons of sites out there, you know, Pro Fantasy Football, Football Focus, I believe those are some good sites to look at. But looking at like usage rate, what you said issue um, earlier in the episode, usage rate, and you know, not necessarily uh, receptions, but also attempts, um, attempts thrown to, you know, various players, definitely focusing on who's the number one options in, in every single team, as you know, there'll definitely be some sleepers on some dead teams, but whoever is the number one option on that team is definitely a good player to stash. Yeah, definitely, you know, staying active, I think is the probably the most important part Obviously, Monday through Wednesday, you can kind of do your waiver pickups. Wednesday is usually when the waiver works. So just staying in tune to that. Um, in our league, everyone is very, very active with, you know, trades, waiver pickups, et cetera. But in, you know, in a lot of the leagues, there's a lot of teams. I mean, I've been in a lot in the past where there's a few teams that are just inactive and, and don't do anything. So, you know, trying to send trades to those teams like, you know, that are inactive. Um, if it's a dynasty or keeper league, I mean, if you've lost the first, you know, multiple games of the season you're going to want to move on and focus on the next year so definitely trying to negotiate trades with some of the bottom feeders of the league is definitely a good thing i'd point out but yeah just learn learn about the game you know watch the game you know definitely touchdowns points as you go out throughout the year you know you don't just want to look at oh who has the most points in the free agent ranking and just pick him you want to look at their uh, matchups that they have for the weeks prior and then as the season goes on, you want to look at, definitely, if you want to win the league, looking at who are these players playing at the end of the year and in the playoff. Um, because, I mean, certainly guys that you wouldn't start at the beginning of the year, but if they have you know, a good schedule at the end of the year playing against some bad teams, that's where, like your opportunity to um, start them at the end of the year. And you can even use those players as trade bait uh, for even better players. So, yeah, those are the tips that I would give for you guys but throughout the year me and issue will be giving tips and tricks to improve your team as i mean there's been years past where i've started one and four and come back and won the league so that's another thing like don't give up you know the first five weeks i mean if you're bad if you're like one and seventh pretty much done for you but you know starting oh and three oh and two like it's not it's not over at all but thank you guys so much for listening to this fantasy breakdown of the 2023 and 24 season uh, we'll be talking some fantasy after the first few weeks, kind of giving a breakdown of the rankings, comparing them to our projections, definitely. But thank you guys so much for your support. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, follow us on podcasts on Spotify. Put on those active downloads. Definitely want to run those up. 
All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. This is for our season and I'm feeling like stripes They hitting on me and my homie cause our mind's not in life They like mad cause we just got the passion Never slacking or lagging The funny thing is step up to us You know we bout that action